There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For you are one in Christ Jesus. Hello, friends. Welcome to yours, mine, and ours. Stories of faith and life. Stories are like windows to people's deepest self and inner life. Through our stories, we share who we are and what God has done and is doing in our lives. Thanks to our guest, we will have a fantastic opportunity of listening to funny, engaging, and profound stories of regular people, like you and me, in their journey with Jesus. Don't miss it out and join us. Hello, hello, Springfield Heights family and friends. It's my pleasure today to introduce in a new episode Anne Gertsen, another great member of our congregation. I'm so pleased to have you on here. Welcome. Thank you. Anne is a woman with many gifts and characteristics, and I'm so <laughs> happy to have her here. She was born in Paraguay and moved to Canada in 1980. Wow, that was a long time ago. Um, interestingly, uh, she was born in Paraguay, but she uh, was actually uh, a few years in Bolivia doing her elementary school as well. And she moved to Canada. She has uh, several brothers and sisters. And uh, we are so happy to have you because I think you, our conversation um, is going to highlight some of the, your stories, adventures, Sometimes uh, some of the, you know, sadness aspect of life and the joys of life. And that's the beauty of having this conversation with you. You have many hobbies. You love books, historical biography, historical fiction, or love to stitch. I would love to know more about like crochet, embroidery, needlepoint, and sew. So look at that, huh? Well... I hope that uh, with this kind of information, we can get start a new conversation. And thank you for accepting the invitation to be here. My pleasure. It's so good to have you here. Well, and usually I start uh, or begin this conversation asking the guest, tell me who you are. So who is Anne Gertsen? Yeah, who is Anne Gertsen? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough question. It's a simple question, it, but tough. It is a, like I have been uh, thinking about it a little bit. Yes, it uh-huh. is. Uh, it is not the easiest question no. to answer. Um, you simply cannot say yes or no to exactly. it, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I was born in Paraguay, uh-huh. and uh, my parents uh, had four of us individual uh-huh. children in Paraguay and with uh, they took us to Bolivia where I grew up. Oh right. And there they had six wow. more siblings came into my life. Oh wow. Uh, they had three sets of twins. Uh-huh. So I grew up the oldest uh-huh. in a large family. There were 10 of us. Mm. So you can imagine I was 11. <laughs> and number nine and number 10, uh, 10 were born. So okay. it was a bunch of uh, small children, mm-hmm. a very noisy, very right. busy household. Wow. So you grew pretty quick uh, <laughs> with a I, lot more responsibility. I, I had to grow up quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with helping with all the shores and the uh, de- demands that were on. Uh-huh. Uh, in um, 1980, as you said already, uh, my parents took us all to Canada. Oh, okay. So we came here. Uh-huh. And uh, this is, yeah, where I, I did go to elementary school. Mm-hmm. 
in in uh, Bolivia, which was very primitive. Mm-hmm. And actually, I started school with seven and stopped with eleven. Oh wow! So it's very uh, yeah. um, basic, or uh-huh. not even very basic. It yeah. is. Uh, I have uh, done a lot of learning. Uh-huh. Most of my learning has happened in Canada. Okay. Do you know why your parents uh, decided to come from Bolivia to to Canada? My parents were invited. Uh, my dad had a brother in Canada already. Okay. okay. And uh, all his uncles and aunties, they were in Canada, and mm-hmm. they had come to visit. Okay. And they saw how we lived in, Par- uh, in Bolivia. In Bolivia, yeah. Very, very poor. Uh-huh. And I think they, they took great pity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, they, they invited us, and okay. they sponsored uh, my, my uh, parents with, wow. uh, with, with all of us, right? Yeah. And uh, yes, we came to Canada for greater opportunities. Uh-huh, uh-huh. As many of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing those things, Anne. Uh, do you remember how your siblings used to call you when they were younger or little? I was called Annie still. Uh-huh. My, my mother still calls me that. Okay. Uh, even though my name was Anna. Exactly. Or my, my, my uh, passport name. Uh-huh. And uh, I have been introduced as Anne, and usually I do go by Anne. Okay. But uh, at work, I'm Anna. And okay. my husband always called me Anna. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll get into yeah. that. What is your middle name? Do you have a middle name? No. No, it's just no. Anna. Yes. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Simple. Simple. I like that. Well, uh, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Let's say that you have, I don't know, all the money in the world. And money is not an issue for you. And you can choose to go somewhere for holiday, vacation, or just a place to relax. What place would you choose to go to relax? To relax or to adventure, discover. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always have thought I would like to go to Scotland or Ireland. Okay. To, uh, to uh, visit the, the highlands mm-hmm. and... Uh, Yes, I would like to do that, but when if I if you say on holiday on vacation, I have this um, bucket list. Okay. And uh, I have a few things. I would like to go to the Holy Lands. Yeah. I would like to go to Italy. Okay. Any any place in Italy uh, or? And in Italy, I would like to w- visit Rome. You know where Paul yes. was yeah. and okay. where. Where uh, Martin Luther went to yeah. to uh, present himself, and I would like to go to um, Turkey, okay, to, to oh, the wow. to the old uh, churches there, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the yeah. ruins. Asia Minor. Yes, yeah. that is uh, that. I would of, uh, I often think I would like to do that, especially if I uh, read or study the right. Old Testament, right. And, uh, yeah, I think I would find it very interesting. Good for you. Is there any other thing in your uh, bucket list? Oh. <laughs> I just wonder. <laughs> on my bucket list, on my very current bucket list, uh, uh, I am planning to retire. Okay. The end of this year. Okay. And uh, in 2021, on my bucket list is uh, uh, celebrating my sister's 60th birthday. Uh-huh. A bunch of women. And the and the springs of uh, uh, hot springs. Okay. Going to my niece's we- wedding in in the states. Okay. Wow. And I would like to go to Ukraine. 
Okay. Because uh, they are celebrating 20 years of the uh, organization that I uh, established there, uh-huh. was, was a big part of it. Uh-huh. And it's 20 years. Wow, it's a milestone. And, yes, and I would like to do those uh, those three things and then stopping in Germany. Uh-huh. Uh, th- those things are on my bucket list. We'll see. Nice. We'll yeah, see of course. what that list will do. <laughs> <laughs> Good. What do you remember about your... Uh, well, you have your mom still uh, with you, but uh, let's say what do you remember about your family, your parents when you were uh, little? What kind of things you liked about them? What kind of things do I like about my parents? I come from a home that was uh, a very stable home. Uh-huh. And uh, my father was a storyteller. Okay. Uh, first of all, he was a hunter. All right. Yes. Uh, like uh, he, when he was a young man or a young married man, he worked with a man, Rodriguez, from okay. Argentina. Okay. They were uh, colleagues at a ranch, at a cattle okay. ranch in Paraguay. All right. And they did, they went hunting. Oh. They hunted the yagua. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. And like... They were hunters, and he loved uh-huh. to tell his hunting stories. <laughs> I imagine that. Uh, my dad also was uh, someone who loved to read stories. Okay. And uh, because we didn't have books, mm-hmm. many books, mm-hmm. so he would read the story, and he was telling us the okay. stories. So, yeah. Did he read the same story over and over again, but make some no. things up? Or no, no, no. He okay. was reading different books, and, yeah. uh, and of course... The one story that was told over and over, like uh-huh. we had a children's Bible. Yeah. And those stories were retold. Okay. And, and what do you remember about your, your siblings? Like uh, in a big house, I guess a lot of noise, oh. fights, conflicts. When, I don't know. <laughs> when we were kids, there was a lot of noise. Yeah. There was a lot of noise. I still remember the crying concerts. Okay. In oh the evenings. my God. Yeah. Okay. Everybody hungry and uh-huh. uh, wanted to have supper and <laughs> washed up and yeah. go to bed. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of fighting as kids. Okay. Mom and dad were not always there to break up the fights. And so <laughs> 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 we did a lot of fighting when we were kids. But that, uh, that has, uh, we worked it out out of the system while we were kids right. and now, now we are still great friends all of us but we don't <laughs> fight anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no that's good that's that's awesome thank you for sharing you know part of your stories about your back family gra- background what can you tell us about Bolivia do you have any memories from from the place you where you grew up oh yes really okay tell yes me, tell me. i mean uh, uh in Bolivia, we lived in, in a village, like in a colony. Yeah. And it was about, uh, it was in the vicinity of Santa Cruz. Okay. Like Santa Cruz was about 25 kilometers away, which is not that far. Not that far. But and at, the capital city. Uh, right? uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, at that time, it was very far away because okay. dad would take the, the horses and the wagon to go oh. to the city. So, okay. uh, and we would sometimes take turns to go okay. with dad to the city was right. always a highlight right uh-huh. uh, that's where i went to school and the school was uh, across the street from where we lived my parents they were uh, um, farmers okay they had they farmed cotton peanuts oh. corn and then later on it was soybeans 
Mm-hmm. And then we had cattle. Okay. We had some cattle and then all the, the farm animals, like the, right. the horses. Like uh, I did not grow up on the beach like mm-hmm. many kids do yeah. here in Canada. Yeah. I grew up on a horseback. We did a lot of horseback riding. Mm-hmm. And then later on, the colony bought a lot of uh, um, land, uh-huh. but there were, it was forced. And my father took us all into the forest. Wow. And we started right from scratch. Yeah. The bulldozer would, had made a road, uh-huh. you know, and made a circle like this. And right. then we cleaned it all out. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, we lived under a tin roof just uh-huh. with, uh, uh, it was a baraque. Right. right like yeah. a, that's where we lived. And uh, from there we came to Canada. Wow. <laughs> It was a very hard new start. Of course. Uh, it was very isolated because yeah, I imagine we, were, that. we were taken away from the the friends that we had, right? right. The youth group. Right. Like uh, I was 18 and my siblings were younger. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was very isolated and, uh, and uh, it was a very hard beginning. But yeah. Yeah, and there again, my dad was a hunter, you know. <laughs> we ate a lot of uh, wild meat. Okay. Uh, it was hunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we um, were in the territory where the tribes were yeah. traveling oh, through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we had encounters with the tribes and uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the things was when we were kids there, our young, we would collect turtles. Really? And then we would t- take the turtles to the tribe. Okay. People, tribal people, and they would they would buy them. I can't believe that. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Oh. And, and because they ate the, the the turtles, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, that's you know what that's a fascinating story because, well, I, I grew up in 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 Chile in Santiago, very urban. Yeah. You know? A uh, lot of noise and cars and a lot of people, you know, in the downtown, things yeah. like that. So it's it's fascinating for me to listen to these stories because it's it's something completely new for me. Yeah. No, my dad, like we we had a horse and buggy and that is how he yeah. worked the land, right? Wow. And later on, he bought a small little tractor uh-huh. and a plow. And that was, right. that was, I mean, great improvement. Yeah. And then... Towards the end of our living in in uh, Bolivia, we had a jeep. Oh, okay. you know, one of those with no springs. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great improvement. Yeah, of course, game changer. Huh? Yeah, good. And well, at, at some point, your parents, yourself, and your whole family moved to Canada. Here. Yes. H- how was that process? How did it go? I mean. Did you did you know any English at that point? No, I think we knew yes. Okay, and maybe <laughs> thank you, but okay. that, that 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 was about it. Oh my goodness! Yes, okay. yes, it was quite a like we arrived. Challenge. Yeah, challenge. We arrived on a like on the thirty first of August. Okay. it will be forty one years ago. Wow! Now and next week, uh-huh. right? Uh, we arrived, and that was on a Sunday. Uh-huh. And the Monday was a long weekend. Yeah. Uh, our uncle took us and we went to Kmart at that time. It was oh, still right. Kmart. We went shopping, shoes and okay. jeans. Uh-huh. And, and on a Tuesday, my dad and four of us, five of us, my dad and four, uh, myself and three siblings, uh-huh. uh, we went to Palliser Furniture. 
Yeah. And we all got hired. Oh, wow. We all got hired <laughs> and we started to work. And right that was on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. And on the Wednesday, uh, somebody came and helped mom yeah. and my younger six siblings. Uh-huh. They all went to Princess Margaret and they were integrated into school. There you go. And how was the process for you to learn English? Did you have the chance to go somewhere to school or something else or just we, pick it up? Uh, no. Uh, we started right away. Uh-huh. Uh, probably in the next two weeks or so, we went to Engl- English school in oh, the okay. evening. Okay. Uh, a cousin of ours was here. And he was taking in, going to English school. Okay. So uh, he came with his car, loaded it up. Okay. We were myself, two other sisters and a brother, so okay. four of us, right? And my cousin, and we went off learning English. Okay. Yes, I mean, we started with words like three-letter words like right. cat, hat, <laughs> dog. Yes. So, you, right. yes, yes. What language did you did you speak uh, in Bolivia? Like a uh, low German? We spoke Plattdeutsch. Okay. Um, and uh, my father spoke a very good uh, Spanish. Okay. And so uh, I would not say that we spoke Spanish, but our yeah. Plattdeutsch was very much mixed with Spanish, you know, <laughs> which a lot of it today, if you speak Spanish to me, I know it is Spanish. Okay. But Okay. I know, I understand words, but... Uh, right, right. Well, if you don't use the language, you, you lose it. That's Absolutely. That's the thing with, that happened with, with languages. And thank you so much for sharing about your background, your family stories. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing just to connect with good memories uh, yes. back then. So thank you for sharing those things. Conversation with Anne Gertzen, uh, uh, one of our members of Springfield Heights Midnight Church, and we are going to transition into a space of faith, life, and church. And one of the questions that I have for you, and 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 I have done this to to all the this the guests so far, is how how did you come to faith? I came to Jesus, as I was mentioning before. We had a children's Bible right. with pictures, uh-huh. and that story was told to, to yeah. us by yeah. our parents. Okay, and I remember it this uh, one day. I still remember it fairly clear. Uh-huh. Uh, Mom was making cooking lunch, I believe, or making something. She was rolling out dough. Okay, and I was talking to her, and I was asking her, and yeah. she was telling me about Jesus. Okay. And she told me the Easter story. And I was probably going from six, from five to six years. I was, okay, I was, I was five years old. Uh-huh. And I know I uh, had to stand on my tippy toes to right. look onto the table and, and try to help her uh-huh. with the dough that she was doing. She was rolling something. And that is where I understood I was a sinner and that Jesus had died for me. Wow. I accepted Jesus. Uh-huh. So, that faith has always stayed with me. Right. I, later on in my life, I was about 19. I had a cousin that I was very close to. Mm-hmm. And that cousin, he was baptized, uh, going through baptism classes at that time. And he said to me, 
don't you want to come with me? Uh-huh. But I wasn't ready. Right. I said, no, not right. uh, uh, maybe maybe sometime, but uh, I wasn't uh, interested at that right. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the following year, it was 1980 in, uh-huh. in February. Okay. He was in a motorcycle accident. Oh, and, I see. Uh, like it was like a big truck and a motorcycle accident where oh. he was instantly dead. Right. Then the question was turned in my head for a long time. He was ready. Uh-huh. Would I have been ready, ready had that right. happened to me? Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure. Uh-huh. Then on my own, I kind of clarified that to myself, right. you know, uh-huh. that uh, I needed to... Uh, to make this uh, commitment yeah. and own it, right? Right, you for sure, right. Uh, and then uh, we were in the process of coming to Canada, okay. and we came to Canada in 1980 and uh-huh. 1981 in June. I was baptized on my faith, right. you know, at the Springfield Heights Mennonite Church. Really? Yes. in our church? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow, so, that's beautiful. What do you remember about that time? Uh, let's say about the baptism ceremony. The, is there any kind of significant memory that you have or carry until until today? Well, I know that I we went we uh, went through the uh, catechism, right. you know, yeah, yeah, uh, and that was a discussion with uh-huh. the with the minister, and yeah. it was uh, Frank Isaac at that time. Okay. And we were, uh, I do not remember how many we were, but I think we were about 14 people oh, wow. that were baptized. Good and it was me and one other girl mm-hmm. that did it in German. Like, oh, okay. my English was, uh, of course, nowhere that I could do it in German uh, uh-huh. in, English. in English. And then there was, uh, her name was uh, Tina Klassen. Okay. And uh, she would come and pick me up. Uh-huh. Yes. And we would sit and have this conversation. You know, it was always a visit with, uh, right. with the minister, uh-huh. Mr. Isaac. Uh, and where I did learn, actually, an awful lot. Uh-huh. A lot of the things I probably did not understand at that time. Uh-huh. But, yes, I did learn a lot about the um, basic building blocks right. of my faith. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And if you look back today... Perhaps to those years, or maybe later in, in your in your walk with Jesus, and you think about the people who has been there for you, walking alongside uh, with you. Who do you may you may remember today? Uh, were those people that hold you in faith, hold you in prayers, help you perhaps to understand deeper uh, things about your faith? I have always been very fascinated with learning. Okay. I, I I love learning. Right. And um, uh, when we came to Canada, learning was a big thing for me. Okay. We were in uh, 87, like in 80, we came to Canada. Uh-huh. And in 84, 85, I had done ye- a year in Paraguay volunteering. Oh, really? So wow. I worked uh, in, at the uh, at the Lepra Mission. Oh, state, yeah. Uh, in the hospital. Did you ever me- uh, meet uh, Frank Dirksen? Yes. Good yes, friend I, of mine. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And and his son, like we went horseback riding okay, with this. Okay. And that's where a, a thing sparked in me working with the leprosy right. patients that I wanted to do a Bible college. Oh. 
When I returned, it was my goal to a Bible college, okay. and I did. I went to Germany for one year. Okay. And talking about somebody that uh, walked with me, uh-huh. uh, or the teacher, the class teacher, he mm-hmm. was he and his wife. They were from uh, from Houston. Okay. We had one evening. It was uh, like. The first year for me in Germany was very, very difficult. Yeah. I thought I knew German, but I absolutely I did not know German. <laughs> okay. I learned German there. Okay. And he said, he came up to me and he said, Anne, me and my wife, we are praying for you uh-huh. that you will finish this course. Okay. I thought, wow. Like, wow. Uh-huh. Like, I was just so fascinated by that. Yeah. Because that was my desire, uh-huh. my wish, but I didn't think I would be able to do it. Uh-huh. And I contribute Paul and Sandy Timberley's prayer. Yes. I did finish three oh, years. Oh, amazing. And of course, my professors, uh-huh. uh, practical, or the uh, professor of theology, uh-huh. and uh, well, the New Testament, like I, I always say, I have written an exam on yeah. each book of the, the Bible. Oh, wow. I don't remember all of it. <laughs> of course. They were a great, they were great people okay. for me. Like the, the Bible college years were for me the greenhouse experience. Oh, okay. Really, it was a greenhouse experience. Uh-huh. And uh, and we had to do a practicum, like it was a 10-month, pro, 11-month tw- program. Oh, wow, okay. Yes, it was a, a we did not have the summer off. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, my first and second year mm-hmm. of practicum, I came back to Canada and I worked at Camp, Car- uh, Camp Arnis with Dave and Alfreda Lowen. Okay. Dave Lowen has been my spiritual mentor. Nice. And uh, he is a man of great faith. Uh-huh. He is a man that has a vision. He always has uh, encouraged me. Uh-huh. And I learned from him taking risk yeah. in my faith. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, I learned from him, I have a goal. Mm-hmm. I have a plan A. If plan A does not pan out, I do have a plan B. Okay. That I have learned from him. And right. that, that has worked for me so far, all the time. Oh, good, good, good. I'm, I'm just curious about why, why Germany and, and not perhaps going into a Bible college here in Canada or the States? You ask a very interesting question. I was looking and, uh, and again, a friend of mine uh-huh. who was going to Bible college uh-huh. in Canada okay. had given me 23 different brochures from, oh, wow. from Canada, across Canada and the States. I wow. looked at all of them. Okay. I looked at all of them. <laughs> Couldn't decide. <laughs> okay. And at that time, we had uh, uh, our minister, like uh, Johannes Stolz, yeah. with his wife, Elsie. They were in our church. Yeah. And Elsie said to me one day, why don't you go to Baraka? Okay. She had planted the seed. Uh-huh. And I did. I went to Baraka. Wow. Where, where have you seen God working in your life? I think the growth started when I was at Bible college. Uh-huh. I also had a desire to go as a missionary. And uh, I came home with a very clear idea, uh-huh. which did not work out. Okay. And uh, lo and behold, I uh, 
I had a friend here from Germany. The 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 loans, Dave and Alfreda loan, had left Camp Ernest okay. for uh, starting an organization, a camping international, uh, Christian camping international kingdom venture in Russia. Interesting. Okay. They had been in Russia in nineteen. In 1990. Okay. That's the year when I graduated. Okay. And came back home. Oh, right. From Germany. Right. And I had a friend from Germany coming to visit me who spoke English, uh-huh. Russian, and German. And I thought she oh, was wow. the perfect perfect candidate to be introduced to the Lowens. Right. To, uh, she also wanted to go for a mission. Uh, on a mission field. Uh-huh. And I thought I did her a great favor. <laughs> and what happened? And uh, when the visit, the uh-huh. interview was done, Dave Lowen turned to me and he said, Anne, what about you? Wow. I don't know what about me. <laughs> <laughs> but Lily, who I thought should go, did not go. Okay. And Anne went. The years, I was six years in Russia. Really? That really? long? Yes. Wow. I was six, uh, like two summers uh-huh. and four full years. Uh-huh. Six consecutive years I was there. I felt very privileged of going there mm-hmm. with a pretty good foundation of my faith. But that there my faith was stretched. Okay. I got very good teaching there mm-hmm. from the, from the because Dave Lowen had very good people that mm-hmm. came that came to teach us, and I had the uh, the second summer I worked with a gentleman, uh, Sylvester Dirks. Mm-hmm. He was my partner. Okay. And uh, he was the camp speaker, and I was the camp director. Oh. And like the program director, right, right. not the not the. Uh, the, the national director, but mm-hmm. the program director. And he was a, a retired missionary of 50 years. He had been in wow. Peru. He influenced my faith a lot. Right. I learned through him my position in Christ. Yeah. I got confident right. in, my, in, in, in my faith, who uh-huh. I am in Christ. Uh-huh. My, my outward appearance that I always had, I suffered with a low uh-huh. self-esteem for uh-huh. a, for many many years, uh-huh. and and it also was quite a process of getting through that. Yeah, but working with Sylvester was a real revelation for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing! It's amazing to see how good people influence our lives and shapes our faith in in and and, and help us to to go deeper and, and go into different levels yes absolutely that's, that's just something really really amazing about um and the body of christ from young age you have you have a strong passion for mission yes right uh, and you want it, and you desire to go somewhere and, and do the missionary work. And at some point of your life, you did. I did. Right? Yeah. You went to Ukraine. Yes. Can you? What can you tell us about what did? And in, in Ukraine, I was for seven years. Okay. From two thousand uh-huh. to two thousand and seven, there I was. Uh, I established private home care. Seriously. Seriously. Wow. Uh, it, it was a totally different work. Uh huh. 
I had a uh, uh, I had the privilege as as uh, going as an employee from mm-hmm. Bethania Personal Care Home, okay. who had uh, seconded me to the Mennonite Benevolent so- okay. Society. Yep. My work there was built a program from zero. I went with a handful of uh, handouts, okay. which I on a Sunday after services we would do in services kind of thing. You know where I would where we would discuss certain things, topics of a very uh, primitive personal care okay. on the okay. people that they had. And I met the people that they had in church. And out of that grew an understanding that they needed more help. And okay. uh, to make a very long sh- story shorter, uh-huh. I came home and uh, and then we went back and, and, and like I was sent okay. uh, from Bethania to uh, with three boxes of supplies. Oh, okay. A uh, medical supplies uh-huh, uh-huh. or personal su- uh, um, care supplies. Right, right. I went there and I started to establish home care. Wow. I had a few books. Uh, my old manual from uh, that I had when I uh, learned as a healthcare aide. Right. And I bought a few books. Uh-huh. And with uh, with my books and with my experience. Yeah. I wrote, compiled a curriculum. Ah, uh, wow, okay. And it was about a 50-hour curriculum that I uh, compiled. Uh-huh. And uh, it was translated into the Russian language. And uh, that was my, my material that I used to teach. And uh, I taught many health aides uh-huh. from all walks of life. Uh-huh. Homemakers, factory workers, right. nurses, doctors, right. police officers, many different kinds of people came to my classes. Okay. And uh, the material was used by uh-huh. a social... And at, in the university, they were starting to uh, uh, develop a social program for disabled, like mentally yeah. and physically oh, disabled okay. uh, 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 population. Uh-huh. There was nothing up till then. There was a professor uh-huh. who was working with some pro- professors in in uh, in uh, America and in Germany. Right. They were establishing a curriculum. Okay. And they you and they also had a component of uh, geriatric uh-huh. uh, um, studies in it, and they used my material. I was quite wow. proud. That's quite a, an accomplishment, huh? Yes, I think so. Uh. And uh, we had some. Uh, we bought three. Um, apartment suites like okay. they were all one on one on one uh, mm-hmm. one to another and the apartments there are laid out differently here right mm-hmm. but they were it was a circle of, uh, of rooms that we bought okay and we uh, re, uh, I was part of the renovation okay they were reinvented and uh, I had a lot of uh, I got um, a number of uh, containers shipped from Canada uh-huh. uh, with uh, humanitarian um Medical supplies yeah, yeah. and hospital supplies. Yeah. So it was outfitted with uh, the proper beds, uh-huh. the lifts, the wheelchairs, uh-huh. the walkers, and we had um, we established a home care component, uh-huh. a twenty-four hour respite component. We had twelve respite beds, and a component for uh, uh, the elderly. It was a daycare which uh-huh. we ran four times a week, and I had of course. Of course, the teaching, right? And I taught in different places. And uh, also, I had um, a warehouse with uh, 
with supplies like uh, that that we uh, loaned had as a loan for for the people when wow. they need, uh, when they needed hospital beds and and, and yeah. especially and yeah. and portable potties and stuff like that that's quite a story and uh i think what i am where i think where where i made a great impact in is in my employees uh-huh. or my Girl, uh, people that I trained, right? Most of them, they're still with the program twenty years later. Wow, that's awesome! Yes, and you just told me that uh, uh, moments ago they are celebrating twenty years. Twenty years. Yes, that's 20. that's quite a uh, milestone. I think so. Right? Wow. <laughs> good, yeah. good. Thank you, thank you for sharing those stories. You are quite person, quite experienced in going from place to place. Yes. Born in Paraguay, moving to Bolivia, Bolivia, Canada, studying in Germany, coming back to Canada, going to Russia. What can you tell me about those kind of intercultural experiences? How difficult was for you to adapt to new cultures? Well, thanks for asking. Like I have cross culture three times. Uh-huh. Uh, integrated into a culture three times. Uh-huh. Learn three different languages. You know, talking about going into a different culture, uh-huh. it's always there's always uh, challenging. Yes. First is language, uh-huh. and then it's the culture. Like, how do people talk? Uh-huh. What is a joke and what is not a joke? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't have a clue, right? You don't know how to read people That's in another right. culture. Oh my goodness! I know. Food is one thing. Yes. Um, it can look interesting on the table, uh, on the plate. Now when you taste it, you say, Opa, what is this? <laughs> and relationships, huh? You know, just uh, interacting with yes. people. Dress codes. Okay. Uh, like, uh, I think I, I always thought that I was a fairly good dresser. Okay. But I... <laughs> when, It happened to me when I was in Russia, also in Ukraine. I thought I was appropriately dressed. And I was told, no, you are not coming with me. You are not dressed. Oh, fascinating. What did it mean that? (laughs) That's that's something interesting. So this is an experience what I had in in Russia now, right? Okay. I lived there. We as a team, like we lived uh, as a team uh, uh, at the camp. Okay. That, that. The, the year-round team, right? We were invited to a birthday. A young fellow turning 18 years old. Okay. Oh, yeah. Ruslan is turning 18, and we are going to a party. And I put on my jeans and a sweater and runners. I come out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was looked at, and they said, you will go and get dressed. We are going to a birthday party. So, <laughs> I was a bit shocked, but I went and I put on my best dress and high heels. Oh. <laughs> I looked quite chic. <laughs> That's a funny story. What, what kind of other challenges did you face? I mean, if you, if you look back, it, it's, it's fascinating, you know, because... Uh, if you can speak the language of the people, the language is so heavy on culture. So sometimes 
in your mind you you mean something, but the people who listen to you understand something different, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Like in Russia, we started out with, uh, I knew nothing. When, like I had taken a, a university course. Okay. So I knew da and niet, yes and no. Okay. So that I had learned in, at the university here in, in Winnipeg already. All right. But anyway, I did not know anything about the language, yeah. right? And so this is further into the, like at the beginning, we strictly work with the, With university students, they okay. were our interpreters. Okay. They were practic. That was their summer practicum. Okay. And for us, it was very good. We had the uh, the students that had English. Yeah. They were working with us. Okay. And this was probably my fourth year already. I had started to pick up some of the language already, uh-huh. and uh, not that I could understand, uh, like speak it, but I started to understand, and it. I had sometimes conflicts with my interpreters. Mm-hmm. And this had happened earlier already, but I had not understood what the problem right, was. Right. The way I speak, they don't always understood what what I was saying. <laughs> okay. And because when they say yes, I say no. Okay. And sometimes my Uh, uh, campers, they look so puzzled, or my okay. um, the, the 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 staff that I was leading, right? Yeah, they look so puzzled. What is the problem? <laughs> And then that comes through further further discussion. Okay. Oh, this is not what I had said, right? Then I have to wriggle myself out of the situation yeah. because yeah. I cannot say to the to the translator, "Oops, you made a mistake." <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I don't, she made a mistake, but yeah. I don't know where. <laughs> wow. It's been very interesting, you know, just to, to listen to those stories, I think are, they give us a, um, I think they, they are like um, windows to our soul somehow, you know, they, they tell something about ourselves. And, and that's why I love to have this space as well for people to tell their stories. Uh, I have a question that is a little bit tough here, but you, you were saying before that your faith grew a lot uh, with some people in Russia as well, you know, when you were working there in, 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 at camp. Have there been a, a seasons in life uh, in your journey with, with Jesus when you, you have felt that your faith has been tested? I think when I came home from mm-hmm. Ukraine, yeah, It was a very stressful time for mm-hmm. me to reintegrate. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about cultural. Right. Going into a country is not as hard as coming back. Yeah. The uh, averse or reverse culture shock yes. is much greater. And uh, in Ukraine, I did get to know a young man. Uh-huh. And uh, we, were, uh, we had a long courtship. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came back to Canada a year later, he asked me to marry him uh-huh. and I got married to him okay. and then very very shortly after we got married uh-huh. I had some severe a severe issue with my headache with he- with my head right which was totally totally foreign to me oh like migraines or something like that uh Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, very severe. Yeah, severe. Yeah. No, I understand. And I was diagnosed with a big mess. Oh, wow. So uh, I did go through, I had five brain surgeries in 10 months. During that time... That's tough. I had a husband who was waiting for his documents at home, and I lost my job. 
Okay. My job, my job was terminated. Okay. That was very tough. Oh, absolutely. I sometimes thought, are the cyclones in my life uh-huh. ever going to stop? Yeah. And then I had just, I went, we both went to university. Uh-huh. He was a student and yeah. I was a student. Yeah. And I had just then, after we finished our studies, we both found, found jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was in my job a little bit more than a year, and then I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I did quite a bit of searching. Mm-hmm. I imagine that. I did an awful lot of crying. Absolutely. At first, I thought that I could uh, manage it in my own home. Mm-hmm. I did not talk to people about it. Right. And I think that is where I felt really squeezed. Yeah. It took me some time before I was maybe willing mm-hmm. and also able to open up to people and really let people know what was Absolutely. going on. And uh, I think for that was a great relief for me personally in my yeah. journey yeah. Uh, where I was able to uh, talk to people uh-huh. and uh, come to the point where I was not afraid where I yeah. was not uh, not ashamed of crying because I was crying anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. where I was basically saying, it is quite a right if yeah. I cry in front of somebody. Yeah. And, and that was a real, um, that is where a lot of healing started mm-hmm. to, where a lot of heal, healing, the, the healing process started. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, Taking those kind of emotions and experience from soul and sharing with someone else. There is this mysterious, uh, how can you say, way that uh, somehow you you share the load. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's amazing when we connect with with people and we can feel as well the support. Yes. When we we get it, you know, there are other spaces when you don't get it that you feel the rejection as well. And that's why... We are afraid of sharing those yeah, kind of I think intimate that, news, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we are uh, like at least I thought I was so ashamed and uh-huh. so 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 afraid. Right. What will somebody else think? Uh huh. Uh huh. But it was a hurdle for me to overcome, and and I, yeah, I think uh, once I was said that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's quite okay. Uh-huh. I don't have to be feeling great all the no, time. No, absolutely. Uh, that is when I started to feel like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those profound there are memories. Some kind of tough, tough spots in your life. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. How Springfield Heights has helped you as a community of faith, you know, to perhaps hold you or helping you to grow in your in your faith. I think you have realized already I have spent a lot of time away from Springfield. Right. Where I really felt very supported was when my husband had passed away. Okay. Okay. Um, My husband was not a member of the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had decided that uh, it probably was not appropriate to have the uh, funeral Uh at church. Okay. That I would go to a funeral home. Okay. And uh, as I was planning, mm-hmm. or trying to plan, mm-hmm. Jack called me. Okay. And he had a conversation with me. Okay. And uh, it was very good. Mm-hmm. It was very good. 
And he told me that uh, the church was there for me. Yeah. And it was the right place. Uh-huh. And uh, I consented. Uh-huh. And it was the right place. Beautiful. Uh, I really felt very supported at that time. Uh-huh. And uh, I still have to say it was a was a very good uh, funeral celebration uh-huh. for my husband at that yeah. at, at Springfield, yeah. That's beautiful, you know, when you feel the the support of your faith community, yeah. you know, yeah. and you know that you are not alone. No. You have I, people I, around you that care for you. That is when I felt that I thought I was alone, but yeah. um, I I was far from it was far from being alone. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Anne for sharing those thoughts and, and memories. You know that we are in the not in the midst, we are just in the at the beginning actually <laughs> of a transition in our congregation. And every congregation has its ups and downs, but Every congregation provides some sort of support, as you described just uh, before, you know. Um, if I could ask you about the future of our church, what are your hopes? What, what are your, your vision? What, what is your vision for the future of our congregation? I think it's a tough question. It is. Perhaps because everyone has an opinion, right? <laughs> you know, Laurel Lee had uh, put out this question uh, months ago, uh-huh. and I gave it some thought at that okay. time, and I think I'm still going kind of along th- those thoughts that mm-hmm. I had at that mm-hmm. time. When I look at our church, when I think about the young people that we have in our church, right. it's a very small group. Uh-huh. And when I think these young uh, people, they will, uh, it's not very long, uh-huh. they will choose their life partners. Yeah. Start their own little families. Right. They will not find them at Springfield because there are not many people to uh-huh. choose from. Uh-huh. That means they most they will not stay there. Yeah. And I have thought if we need like these are my thoughts. Sure, of course. If we need to, to start to think which is the group that Springfield has. It's not the younger people, mm-hmm. it's the older people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it? Are we at the point where we need to look serving seniors? Mm-hmm. And seniors, they they start from some of them. They start before sixty, right? Uh-huh. And quite far advanced. Yeah. So there is a large group of people where we can do an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Minister to those that are further advanced in mm-hmm. their in their mm-hmm. uh, life, and with their life challenges that come along. Right. And the younger seniors reinvent ourselves to do programs, Mm -hmm. mission programs. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things we can do besides Mm -hmm. going to a thrift store, which is very good. But there's a lot of opportunities Mm -hmm. in our own cities where mature Christians can play a role, like serving Helping along, yeah, yeah. I have given it some thought. Like, uh, how would that look if we would have a city? Uh, if we would have a church in our city mm-hmm. that is a church that focuses on the, on the seniors. Interesting. Thank, thank you for sharing those thoughts. I- Th- there's the music aspect, right? Yeah, sure. 
there's the Bible studies right. aspect. Right. There's the language mm-hmm. uh, uh, aspect. Yes. And there is actually, in my opinion, a very wide range of uh, possibilities and opportunities. And, and the other thing is we have the high-rise, which has a lot of seniors. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have the attached um, Kingsford House right. that has the more advanced right. uh, uh, seniors. We are in North Kildonan where, in general, a lot of the, the people live that have the German uh, background. Yes. And probably would benefit and would greatly enjoy to mm-hmm. come to programs that are geared to their style of worship, to uh-huh. their needs, to their uh, capabilities. <laughs> Fascinating. You know, I, I like when, when I have the chance to, to speak to people about the future and ideas and dreams because I think we all contribute from different angles. Yes. And I, I trust that hopefully in this process of talking together, listening to each other and listening to God, we will find this, the right space for us, for our congregation to move into the next near future. So thank you You're for sharing welcome. those thoughts. We are almost running out of time here, but uh, I don't want to, uh, to leave this conversation without asking a few things. Anne, tell me, what, what do you like to, to do in, in summer? What kind of activities you, you do to have fun, for example? Uh, most of the time I go to work. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, I do love my yard. Okay. I'm not calling myself a gardener, but okay. I do like to uh, my garden. Okay. I love fla- uh, to plant flowers mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit of landscaping. Mm-hmm. I do like to entertain. Okay. To invite people and uh, to entertain people. Sure. You know, entertain people with with um, sitting around uh, the table with a good meal and uh, good conversations, playing some uh, nice. table games. Okay. <laughs> Do you like to watch movies or? I am not the greatest movie watcher. Okay. I usually fall asleep when I watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know close people who <laughs> who used to do the same thing with me. <laughs> reading? See, uh, do you like reading? I, I, I do love my books. Okay. I am a slow reader, but I always read. <laughs> That's yeah. fun. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, to me, it's not a matter of speed. It's a matter of enjoying it. You yes, know, I love I, books too. So uh, I love to, to read uh, biographies. Yeah. I like to read uh, historical uh, fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Novels. Do you read the actual book, or 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 do you like to read like in an electronic device? No, no. I I like my book. <laughs> Me too. I like my <laughs> Which book. Which is a problem of space, you know. <laughs> I'm always always running out of space. <laughs> oh, I have my my book uh, cases are full. So and sometimes when they, I have uh, reduced my books. Yeah. But uh, it's. It, Always fills up again. <laughs> <laughs> I do a cleanup and then slowly start slowly, to... Slowly, you know, very slowly, yeah, but I yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> do you still do embroidery? And, I do. You know, yeah? I embroider. I uh, went, uh, like, going back to the to the time when I was off with my cancer, uh-huh. I went to classes. Okay. I took... Uh, Crocheting classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took knitting classes. I have projects on the go. Okay. 
making socks, <laughs> <laughs> making the different things, uh-huh. and uh, yes, when I when I do watch TV or so. I like uh, um, my hands need to be busy, right? And that's why I never remember what kind of movie I, <laughs> <laughs> I watched. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you, thank you. It's been a quite a good time to to be at your house. We right now are in Steinbach, south of uh, Manitoba, with Anne Gertsen. And it's been my pleasure to be with you and I enjoy this conversation, listen to your stories. I, I I'm sure we could. We could dig deeper in many of the areas and aspects, but at least this has been an opportunity, not only for myself, but I believe for our Springfield Heights family to, to get into, to know you better, to get to know a little bit deeper who this uh, woman is. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. Very, very appreciated. Friends, this has been another episode of uh, Yours, Mine, and Ours, Stories of Faith and Life. Don't forget to connect with us. If you want to be part of this amazing project, send us an email to joseluis at springfieldheights.ca. If you have comments, suggestions, ideas, or just simply want to say hi, uh, please do so. Bye. Bye bye. God will call me into your community. Thank you, God for calling me. Thank you, God for calling me into your community. Thank you, God for 